Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. We're finishing up the book of Exodus today. Happy Monday morning to you. Uh, We're still uh, going through the book of Exodus, and um, we are in chapter 12. We're going to be starting in verse 14 and finishing up this chapter. It's been an amazing, dramatic um, series of events, but Moses uh, and Aaron have been uh, uh, following the Lord's commands There's been a series of ten plagues uh, on the Egyptians, and this is the last plague. And this one will change Pharaoh's heart, and he will let the people go. This is the death of the firstborn. So verse 14, this day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations as a statute forever you shall keep it as a feast seven days you shall eat unleavened bread now he says unleavened bread a bunch of times Um, leaven was traditionally a yeast put in the in the dough which causes the bread to rise and and it makes it better to eat more palatable but throughout the old testament and the new testament uh, the Bible uses um, the example of leaven in the bread to represent sin or evil. A little bit of leaven um, it can change the whole uh, ball of dough. So the illustration here is just a little bit of sin can work its way through a whole congregation or a whole people. So... Um, the unleavened bread represents we're to you know the Israelites were to to eat bread without any leaven now it wasn't as palatable in other words trying to sometimes follow God's statue isn't as easy um or as ta- it's not as tasty but it's pure and then at the end of this um passover time uh then Um, when the regular bread gets brought out, you appreciate what you went through so much more. But the real bread of life points to Christ. That will be the bread that's 
um, tasty and pure at the same time. So uh, we're illustrating again through the nation of Israel this principle of sin and getting rid of sin. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. This is verse 15. On the first day you shall remove leaven out of your houses. For if anyone eats what is leavened from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. My study Bible says, you know, what is the word cut off refer to? Are they cast out of the nation? You know, it's it might mean more that you're cut off as, as being... Um, out of communion with with God. He's not in a state of following God's covenant or he's not participating in the communion um, of, of Israel. He's cut off. Uh, but in any event, um, it does say how important it is for you to uh, remain following God's statutes that you don't eat leaven. It would imply it would be sinful to do so. Um, verse 16, On the first day you shall hold a holy assembly, and on the seventh day a holy assembly. No work shall be done on those days. But what everyone needs to eat, that alone may be prepared for you. So in other words, making the foods not considered work. Verse 17, And you shall observe the feast of the unleavened bread, for on this day I brought your host, your hosts out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generations as a statute forever. In the first month from the fourteenth day of the month at evening you shall eat unleavened bread until the twenty-first day of the month at evening. For seven days... No leaven is to be found in your houses. If anyone eats what is leavened, that person will be cut off from the congregation of Israel. So in other words, he's kind of restating it a, a second time for emphasis here. Whether he's a sojourner or a native of the land, you shall eat nothing leavened. In all your dwelling places, you shall eat unleavened bread. Okay, so again, leaven is representing sin um, and the unleavened bread is representing the pure bread the, without any sin. Verse 21, Then Moses called the elders of Israel and said to them, Go and select lambs for yourselves according to your clans and kill the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and touch the lentil, which is the, sort of the arch of the doorway, and the two doorposts with the blood, that is in the basin. None of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning, for the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the the lintel, which is the archway, and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to enter your houses to strike you. You shall observe this rite as a statute for you and for your sons forever. And when you come to the land, that the Lord will give you as he has promised. You shall keep this service. Okay, so the lentil is, um, excuse me, so the hyssop, which is this little plant, um, represents, well, McGee points out that he uh, it represents faith. 
how do you apply the blood and how do you apply it to the doorpost? God's asking them to do this with faith that it will be he that will protect the people from this uh, death that is coming. Verse 26, And when your children say to you, What do you mean by this service? You shall say, It is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, for he passed over the houses of the people of Israel and Egypt, when he struck the Egyptians but spared our houses. And the people bowed their heads and worshipped. And then the people of Israel went and did so, as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. Okay, so now we come to verse 29. Here we go with the plague. At midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on his throne, to the firstborn of the captive, who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of the livestock. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and his, all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where someone was not dead. So, you know, the firstborn could have been a grown man. The firstborn could have been a grown woman. The firstborn could have been a teenager or a child. You know, you, you want to think of a firstborn baby, but could have been anybody could have been a firstborn. Firstborn could have been a full-grown animal. Um, so in any event... So much death occurred, and it was in the middle of the night, and how terrible it is in the middle of the night to find some uh, a death to occur, because nighttime, you, you feel helpless already, and then you've got death. That must have been a tremendous amount of fear uh, right there as well, along with the agony of suffering. Verse 31, Then he summoned Moses and Aaron by night and said, Go out from among my people, both you and the people of Israel. Go, serve the Lord as you have said. Take your flocks and your herds as you have said and be gone and bless me also. Pharaoh is broken. He's done. He wants no more. You know, the nation of uh, Egypt is is pretty much destroyed inside and out. And verse 33, the Egyptians were urgent with the people to send them out of the land in haste. They wanted nothing more. For they said, we shall all be dead. So the people took their dough. This is the people, the Israelites. The people took their dough before it was leavened. Their kneading bowls being bound up in their cloaks on their shoulders. So in other words, they just took it all. They didn't put any leaven and waiting for the bread to rise. They, they you know, kept this unleavened bread feast going here. 35, the people of Israel had also done as Moses told them, for they had asked the Egyptians for silver and gold jewelry and for clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they let them have what they asked. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. 
And the people of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Succoth, about 600,000 men on foot, besides women and children. 600,000 men. And my study Bible points out that, you know, if you start including the women and the children, you're probably going to get a total company of about 2 million people. Okay, this is a big group of people. You know, verse 38, a mixed multitude also went with them. Okay, mixed multitude would be possibly people who were born, um, who were born, you know, from Egyptians bearing children with um, Hebrew uh, women and Hebrew women bearing children with Egyptian men. These would have probably been this mixed breed here. That's interesting how um, the Hebrew peoples were supposed to be slaves, but again, you've got people having um, um, either families or children um, between these two peoples. I find that interesting. In any event, this mixed multitude also went up with them and very much livestock, both flocks and herds, verse 39, and they baked unleavened cakes of the dough that they had brought out of Egypt, for it was not leavened, because they were thrust out of Egypt and could not wait, nor had they prepared any provisions for themselves. So in other words, the unleavened bread speaks not only of pure bread without the mixture of yeast in it, so it represents the, the you know, no sin, no yeast in the bread, because the, the yeast represents the sin as it works through our lives. But it also is prepared in haste because God's provision comes quickly to them. So it wouldn't have made sense. You you got to eat. you got to eat in the wilderness. And so you want to get out of there. You don't even, you don't, when God saves you, you don't even take time to worry about waiting for the bread to rise or anything like that. That You're really putting your trust in the Lord for His provision. You take the unleavened bread with you and trust that the Lord will give you His provision for food. So, um, verse 40 the time that the people of Israel lived in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of 430 years, on that very day, all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. It was a night of watching by the Lord to bring them out of the land of Egypt, so that this same night is a night of watching to the Lord and by all the people of Israel throughout their generations. So they went out. They were getting ready to leave Egypt in the middle of the night. When the Egyptians were having death, Israel was having a new start on life. So, a night of watching. A night of watching. And the people were asking the Egyptians for gold and jewelry and clothing, and they were giving it to them. They wanted these people out. 
Verse 43, And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, This is the statute of the Passover. No foreigner shall eat it, but every slave that is brought bought for money may eat it after you have circumcised him. No foreigner or hired worker may eat of it. It shall be eaten in one house. You shall not take any of the flesh outside the house, and you shall not break any of its bones. It's kind of a, of a reference to the Passover lamb of Christ, and not one bone shall be broken. So even Christ... When he's acting as the Passover lamb, the, the Passover lamb's bones are not broken in keeping with this statute. Verse 47, All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. If a stranger shall short sojourn with you and would keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised. Then he may come near and keep it. He shall be as a native of the land, but no uncircumcised person shall eat of it. There shall be one law for the native and for the stranger who sojourns among you. All the people of Israel did just as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron, and on that very day the Lord brought the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt by their hosts. By their hosts. My study Bible says that by their hosts is kind of a reference to almost like a military uh, reference, like the Lord's hosts. It was by the Lord's mighty army that the people were led out, by the Lord's power. So we see that this is the institution of the Passover feast. And McGee calls it the oldest religious celebration in the world today is this Feast of the Passover. It's still um, celebrated by Israel, the nation, um, the Jewish people today. Uh, we have a celebration of the Lord's Supper um, that we commemorate what Christ did. It's a celebration of a new Passover is the celebration of uh, Christ's death on the cross representing the Passover lamb. He is the bread of life, and uh, he is um, bread with no yeast in it. He doesn't have sin in his body, and his bread of life is really all you need. Um, so... Um, it's the real bread that will be um, good for the body, sweet, to, um, good for the body, and uh, it really is. Uh, it's the bread of life. It's it's representing um, living, living bread, bread of life. So we're going to stop here. Um, this has been a very uh, dramatic series of events bringing the nation out. And now we are um, going to see what happens when the nation actually starts leaving uh, Egypt. We're going to see how the people are going to begin to doubt God can provide. So for me to all of you, keep your hearts centered on Christ. I'll, uh, I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. 
But Talia, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your insight into this reading today. And again, from me to all of you, God bless you, and we'll see you here next time. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from Exodus chapter 12, beginning at verse 13, all the way through to verse 51. In our last study last week, we were dealing with the Passover feast, and we had ended at verse 13, and we will continue from there today. So verse 13 of Exodus chapter 12 reads, Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So um, these are God's instruction that he gave to the children of Israel, that when he saw the blood on their door um, posts and their lentils, he would actually pass over. So there is a great principle that actually runs through the scripture and God's word. And it is without shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin or there is no forgiveness of sin. God cannot, you know, big heartedly or, you know, um, arbitrarily shut out, you know, and shut his eyes to sin. He's a holy God and he demands righteousness and fairness and purity and holiness so he can't just shut out his eyes um, to sin or look the other way and not do anything about it any more than a judge in our courts today when one uh, who is guilty is brought before him the judge should actually apply the law and the penalty should be paid so in god's universe the law is inexorable and the soul that sins must die therefore life must be given up for us as sinners this is why christ died on the cross for us so the death sentence is on all of us no one is like you know perfect or about the other the death sentence is on all of us but if we actually accept christ by faith we shall be saved that's how we saved because christ shed his blood for us on the cross so um you know, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So that night in Egypt, on every home, there would be the death of the firstborn. The death angel went through and the blood was an indication. That's the application of it on the doorpost and on the lentils. It was an indication of faith. And this answers the appropriation of a personal faith. And this is all that was actually necessary and not their works. So it wasn't about them putting out their works as well. Like, oh, hey, we did this. We currently do this. We, we follow these and these rituals. And every day, you know, we, we go to this temple and pray and all. It wasn't about their works. It was just about their faith. Just about that blood on the doorpost. So verse 14 goes on to read. So... This day shall be to you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. Verse 15. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove leaven from 
your houses, for whoever eats leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. So here, this had nothing to do with the death angel um, passing over. So this was a feast of fellowship of those within. So it was, um, you know, God's command. It was duty. It was actually God's commandment. And it was also a privilege. So it had to do with the fact that they were to have fellowship with God. Verse 17 goes on to read. Um, actually, let me read verse 16. Yeah, Only the first day there shall be a holy convocation and on the seventh day they shall be a holy convocation for you no matter no matter of work shall be done on them but that which everyone must eat that only may be prepared by you verse 17 so you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread for on this day i will have brought your armies out of the land of egypt therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generations as an everlasting ordinance. So they actually ate unleavened bread on the wilderness march because they actually began the night of the Passover and they ate the bread for seven days. So if they ate unleavened if they ate sorry leavened bread, they were to be cut off from um they were to be cut off from the fellowship with God. So this was um you know, duty, it was a commandment from God to actually um, eat the unleavened bread. It was like a form of fellowship and privilege. So here we have, you know, a principle concerning leaven. And uh, verse 19 goes on to read, For seven days unleavened shall be found in your houses, since whoever eats what is leavened, that same person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he is a stranger or a native of the land. Verse 20, you shall eat nothing leavened in all your dwellings. You shall eat unleavened bread. So this puts down the principle here uh, concerning leaven. It actually puts down a principle that when we move into the New Testament, it doesn't actually go in reverse the way... Um, and actually mean the opposite. As you know, some preachers and some expositors, some expositors like to actually understand and misquote scripture. Like if we uh, look at, you know, the, the story of um, in Matthew 13, where, um, you know, it talks about the, the, the woman and the leaven. And, and the leaven. So leaven is a principle of evil and it actually represents that which is offensive. So we have the woman, that's in Matthew 13, hiding leaven in three measures of, in three measures um, a meal. So that leaven isn't the gospel, as a lot of people like to just misquote scripture. Uh, the three measures of meal is God's word. And in it, leaven was, has been put and this is false doctrine. It's actually evil and sound um, doctrine. So at first, the disciples of, of Christ actually thought it was the actual bread. Until later on, they actually understood when he told them, you know, 
the Pharisees like to add leaven to scripture. No false doctrine to actually suit them. So this is what the children of Israel were told to avoid. Unleavened bread isn't palatable. And there is lots of people today who don't like to study the word of God, the Bible. Uh, people don't like to study. People don't like to go to church. Um, sorry, people don't like the word of God. You know, but you have people who just go to church, you know, because of the music, um, the social time, because of the, you know, they like the building and all, but not for God's word. Because it's not palatable, it doesn't apply to their, because it's actually, it's a mirror. It actually shows you who exactly you are. So the word of God is the food that's for the child of God. It's meant for you and me. You know, it's like a mirror. It just shows you who exactly you are. And, you know, a lot of people don't like it. They don't like to see, like, the actual, the, the actual ugly truth, that actual person who they actually are. Let me drop down to verse 22, and it reads, And you shall take a bunch of hyssops, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood, and in the basin, and none of you shall go out of the door of this of his house until morning. Verse twenty three. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood on the lentils and on the doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. So here, you know, obviously questions have been asked. And I was wondering as well, how did they actually put the blood on the doorposts or the lintels? So hyssop here that's been uh, mentioned is, you know, a little fluffy plant that actually grows around rocks in damp places. And this was dipped in the blood and then applied to the doorposts and the lintels. So the hyssops, that's the applicators, represent faith. And that's the way... The blood is actually applied to yours and to my heart as well by trusting what Christ has done for us. Because Christ died for me on the cross, so I trust that. So, um, and that's how um, our sins are forgiven, as when He actually died for us. So, God's giving specific and clear instructions on what these people. He's giving details on what these people are to do. So he goes into great detail. You know, a great deal of detail. God is like, actually like really super organized. Verse 29, let me drop down to verse 29. And verse 29 reads, And it came to pass at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of livestock. So here we see this is the last plague, the last judgment that's actually coming on the land of Egypt. And God had prepared his people for it. So the land of Goshen had been actually spared from the last three plagues, but they would not be spared here unless there was the blood on the doorpost and any Egyptian could actually put it on his doorpost as you know as well you know all, all he had to actually do all the Egyptian had to do was to actually believe 
because if they believed they would have actually put the blood on their doorpost and the death angel wouldn't have gone in um you know he he wouldn't have the death angel was not going in and asking are you an israelite or like um are you an egyptian why is there blood on your doorpost no the death angel would just see the blood and pass over the house so if one has actually trusted christ the spirit of god has baptized you to the body of believers and that is today the true church so it does not matter what church you go to it does not matter what you look like it doesn't matter as long as you have trusted christ and you are baptized to the holy um and you are baptized and and sorry the spirit of god has baptized you um to the body of believers and you are part of the brethren of the true church so um let me just read verse 29 again and 30 together which reads and it came to pass at midnight that the lord struck all the firstborn of the land of egypt from the firstborn of pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of livestock so pharaoh rose in the night he all his servants and all the egyptians and there was a great cry in egypt for there was not a house where there were not one dead so this is the last plague the last judgment so god up until this point had not taken human life but now he does and the lord gives and the lord takes away so blessed be his name so you know, for those of you who question, like, you know, why did the Lord take the life? He gave you life, so he can take life. And um, this was actually a very tragic verse. 31 goes on to read, Then he called for Moses, that's Pharaoh, and Aaron by night and said, Rise, go out from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as you have said. Also take your flocks and your herds, as you have said, and be gone, and bless me also. So Pharaoh now gives up. So up until this point, he has been reluctant, and now the judgment has actually touched his own son. It has reached him. So if Pharaoh had actually believed God at the first judgment, um, and, you know, let the people go. Um, you know, the first judgment of the rod that actually became in turned into a crocodile if he'd actually believed that and just let the people go god would have spared the egyptians of these judgments verse uh, drop down to verse 33 goes on to read and the egyptians urged the people that they might send them out of the land in haste for they said we shall all be dead so actually um they didn't know where this would end the egyptians because they were not thinking what if this has happened you know next we're all just gonna die we're all gonna get wiped out verse 34 goes on to read so the people took their dough before it was leavened having their kneading bowl bound up in their clothes with their shoulders on their shoulders now the children of israel had done according to the word of moses and they had asked from the egyptians articles of silver articles of gold and clothing so here, um, the, the, 
um, then asked. My, my, my translation says ask. The translation says um, borrowed. So they actually, um, it actually just basically means they collected back dues, back wages. Verse 36 goes on to read, And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they granted them what they requested. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. So um, the Egyptians actually owed um, the children of Israel so much money because they were slaves. They owed them so much money. They never used to pay them. That, you know, when they actually left, they plundered, they spoiled them. So they were just getting back their back wages. They owed them so much money. And the Egyptians were actually more than willing because they just wanted them to leave. Verse 37 goes on to read, that the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sakroth, about six hundred thousand men on foot besides children um so here the egyptians um sorry this um six hundred thousand that's mentioned here was you know it was just men on foot this actually didn't even include the children and the women so they were actually more if actually put together they were you know in millions verse 38 goes on to read a mixed multitude went up with them also and the flocks and herds a great deal of livestock so here you know this mixed multitude will actually be the trouble in the camp so the mixed multitude were half breeds that is an egyptian had married you know a jewish maid or a hebrew had married an egyptian maid and then they were you know there was the offsprings they were the mixed breed and today we also have this in the church usually troublemakers we have people that actually just join the church and are not saved and they are actually they are just put in they're just actually part of the mix the multitudes and they are always the troublemakers usually they're, they're the loudest they're just the troublemakers and um you know trouble just comes from that particular crowd verse 39 goes on to read and they baked unleavened cakes of the dough which they had brought out of Egypt. Um, for it was not uh, leaven because they were driven out of Egypt and could not wait for. Nor had they prepared provisions for themselves. So here we find here now that the children of Israel actually are leaving and they're actually, they're taking off. The children of Israel were not really well prepared because they hadn't actually expected Pharaoh to say, you know, just go leave now for, they had actually hadn't really prepared well for the, like for their journey. Verse 40 goes on to read, now the, the sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt was 430 years and it came to pass at the end of the 430 years on the very same day it came to pass that all the armies of the lord went out from the land of egypt so here um sorry on verse let me just continue reading verse 42 goes on to read it um is a night of solemn observance of the lord for bringing them out of the land of Egypt. This is that night of the Lord, a solemn observance for all the children of Israel throughout their generations. So here, this is the oldest observance. 
the Passover of any religious holiday in the world today. This is one of the oldest religious holidays. Let me drop down to verse 47. And verse 47 reads, All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. So here, this would be an act of faith on the part of the Gentile. Because, uh, it actually goes on to verse 47, sorry. And when a stranger dwells with you and wants to keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised and then let him come near and keep it. And he shall be as a native of the land for no uncircumcised person shall eat it. So here, you know, this actually would be an act of faith, like I said earlier on, on the part of the Gentile to actually come under the covenant God made with Abraham. Verse 49 goes on to read, One law shall be for the native born and for the stranger who dwells among them. Thus all the children of Israel did as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron. So they did. And it came to pass on that very day that the Lord brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt according to their armies so the lord he lived up to his promise that he was going to um get them out of the land of egypt and he did get them out of the land of egypt because of the faith that they had so it's by faith that we are forgiven of our sins it's by the blood of jesus that we are actually forgiven by the blood of jesus and the power of the holy spirit that we are saved and it was by power and by blood that the children of Israel were actually saved from the land of Egypt. This is our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening in. I hope I was audible enough. Um, I don't know. My voice has some kind of, you know, um, like um, haze to it. Um, but I hope you all enjoyed today's study. Thank you all for listening in. God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Bye-bye. Thank you.